Um, I've listened to your podcast before, Christine, and you talk about this concept like the build it and they will come that just doesn't exist. And so you need to have worked in, with clients over the course of a couple of years to really drill down how you get people results because that's essentially what an online course is supposed to do. That's my friend Jessica Terzakis. And something that she does is she actually teaches people how to create online courses. She is an educator. Her background is in teaching. And I feel like listening to this interview is something that is so important, especially for people today, because I feel like today everybody wants to create an online course and sell an online course, but there's a couple of problems. One, they don't have any experience in teaching or coaching. So like, how the hell do you know how to create an online course and actually teach people in a way that they are going to benefit from your online course? And two, selling online courses is a hell of a lot harder than you think it is. Just because you see people doing it online and it looks like it's easy doesn't mean it is. I know people personally who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting online courses and they'll turn around and they'll say, I make a million dollars selling online courses But at the end of the day, they're only profiting like $10,000. I made the mistake of trying to sell an online course way too fast. This was a couple of years ago. And what I didn't realize is that people who buy online courses are in a much different mindset than people who are clients of my agency, for example. People who buy online courses are people who don't have the money to pay somebody to do the work for them. So they need to spend their own money to learn what to do and then to execute it themselves. And a lot of those people are solopreneurs. They're in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship and they're scared. They're scared to spend money. So when you're marketing to sell an online course, you're not just marketing the benefits of what you're selling. You have to get all physiological. You have to get all psychological with these people and get into their mind and change their mindset. Like it is not easy selling an online course. Let me tell you, it is so much easier for me to sell something to an agency client that's $3,500 a month than it is for me to sell a new entrepreneur a course for $350. That's just the way it is. And it's one of those things that you don't really realize until you're actually in it. So you are going to love this episode with Jessica Terzakis. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jessica, thank you for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Hey, how are you, Christina? I am so excited to have you on because I feel like everybody in the online space, they all want an online course and they want that passive income, which is great and amazing. And it is also very deceiving because things are not (laughs) what they always look like online. I tell people this like from TV, everybody thinks 
the TV industry, like it's so glamorous. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let me tell you about how I stood in a hurricane for 12 hours. It's not as great (laughs) as it sounds. And I feel like online business is the same. Like you only see one part of it and you are really going to bust some myths. And I feel like you're really just going to set some people straight in this episode on what is real versus what they're seeing online. So yes, I'm so excited to do this. Let's talk about putting the cart before the horse because everybody does that. I mean, I, I did it. Like I did this exact same thing like three years ago. I put the cart before the horse because I saw everybody online and that what they were selling and it sounded so good and I believed it and I bought it. And really it was like a couple of people were successful at it because it was some kind of situation where it worked for them, but most people were not successful at it. And it's because they were putting the cart before the horse. So exactly decipher encode what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so putting the cart before the horse means a few things. So, so yes, I think online courses and passive income where you make money while you sleep is really, really attractive. We see lots of really great marketing for it. And obviously it makes sense, right? It's a great addition to add into your online business. Um, but I think What's tempting to people is when they reach a point with their one-to-one clients, they're service-based, of course, they reach a point where they they want to break out of the one-to-one um, income maximum that they make, and they want to jump to passive income. And it's one of those things where we don't always know what we don't know with passive income. And so there are a few things that I don't think people always consider when they make that leap. And so I, I guess I want to unpack that with you, and I love the idea of you kind of validating or bringing in your experience with this too, Christina. Oh yeah. And I will, I will be totally vulnerable and honest. When you talk about the things that you need to be successful at passive income, I am going to tell you why three years ago I was not. So you go (laughs) and then I'll give the, the specific example in my case. Awesome. So this list is in no, it's not in any, um, ranking of importance, but I'll jump right in with, I think how, how long people have been in business. I see a lot of entrepreneurs that are either like they're completely new, like they haven't even worked with any clients and they want to jump into creating an online course. But here's the thing. Um, you really need a proof of concept if you're going to sell something online, because um, I've listened to your podcast before, Christine, and you talk about this concept, like the build it and they will come that just doesn't exist. And so you need to have worked in, with clients over the course of a couple of years to really drill down how you get people results, because that's essentially what an online course is supposed to do. And you want to include stories and examples and, you know, proof that you can actually do this for people. And so I think so many people want to start out too new and too fresh. And the whole course creation process becomes so frustrating and cumbersome that people just throw in the towel way too soon. And it's just, it's not because courses don't work. It's because they just haven't reached the point where they're ready for it yet. People are always in such a hurry to get this thing off the ground and running and working. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's partially, um, I think there's a few reasons, Christina. One, I think it's really, you know, a compelling marketing message, right? When the reason why people go into business is because they, they want a level of freedom and they want to reach a certain um, income level. And you see marketing out there that says online courses can do this for you. So I think there's that the compelling marketing. Um, two, I think I've talked with a lot of people 
they come from a really heart-centered place, right? They they have this experience, they have this knowledge, and they really do feel from the bottom of their heart that they can help people. And that's what an online course means to them, is that they'll be able to get their message out in the world and help people. Um, and then I think there's the attractiveness of, like I said, the freedom lifestyle. Like you could literally sit behind your laptop and kind of wake up and there's emails that say people have purchased your online course. I, I would say those are kind of the big reasons why people want to make that leap. Okay. So you need to like actually practice what you preach before you start selling it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That is good. I was doing that a little bit. This one I'm not completely guilty of. When I started my online course, I was already, I mean, obviously I have a long background in media, but as an actual publicist, I would say I would have probably been at it a year or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had lots of success stories. So this one I'm not completely guilty of, but you know which one I am like totally guilty of? What's that? (laughs) Not having anybody to sell my online course to. Oh, yes. I feel like that's that's the big one. Yes, this is one of the big questions I always get. And when I started working with clients um, in creating the, the content specifically for their course, one of the big questions they asked me was, wait, how am I, how am I going to sell this? Who am I going to sell this to? And I think what I've seen is a lot of people jump in too soon before they have a solid following. So this could be, for example, you know, Christina and I, you were talking about how your email list needs to be it's sizable. Like I'm talking four or 5,000 people that follow you that are engaged with you. Um, You were talking about affiliate marketing if you don't necessarily have the email following in place. But the point is to sell an online course, you need a big tribe that might respond and actually purchase because the actual purchase rate is what, like 10%, something like that. So if you only have a following of say, you know, 500 people, you're putting in all of that time and effort to put this course together and no one's there to buy from you. So it kind of, it just, it's frustrating, I think, for a lot of people that have put the cart before the horse and then no one's there to buy. And that's totally what I did. And I thought because, again, I was believing a lot of these great marketing messages where, yeah, you can sell an online course. You just need to build an email list. Here's how you build an email list. Well, let mm-hmm. me tell you something, people. That is something that has to be consistent on a daily basis. You're not going to wake up and have 5,000 emails added to your list in a day. Like you are going to be building that like one by one, two by two every day for years and years. Um, and that's something that I really didn't understand took as long as it did. And it's not only about the numbers, it's the people behind the numbers. Like exactly, you could have 10,000 people who don't give a shit about what you're talking about, or you could have 1000 people who are super highly invested. So it's not just the size but it's the people on the list. And then if you don't have a list, then that's when you go into using other people's lists as an affiliate. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And I just want to circle back to one point that you said, um, because I've I've listened to a few of your other podcasts, Christina, and I love that idea of engagement that you talk about. So, so yes, there's certainly volume that you want to think about, but you also want to make sure that these are people that are really interested in what you're saying because it is saturated now with online courses. Like everyone has an online course. So you want to make sure that you're constantly engaging, really giving them valuable content so that they see this course as like a no-brainer purchase for them. Love it. Okay. Yeah. And so affiliate could be um, – and I would love to hear how, how you might have done this with your course, Christina, but affiliate could be, you know, you know someone 
someone um, sort of in your related sphere that has a bigger following and you sort of partner with them and they help market your online course through email marketing. It could be um, potentially a webinar, but you basically take advantage of someone else's following um, to sort of get your course marketing out there. And they and, get a percentage of sales. Yes. Yep. And they get a percentage of sales. So again, it, it affiliate is, is when it is a little more sophisticated and certainly not, not intended for someone who's completely new to business. Right. Right. Because nobody's going to want to affiliate for you if they don't know who you are. Yeah. If you, they don't know who you are. I mean, they're essentially, you know, they're trusting and opening their tribe and their email list, which is, you know, they've taken a lot of time to nurture and develop that as well. So they're not going to let anybody in. And so that's why I'm saying it makes sense when you're a little bit more advanced and you've had, you know, success and you have, you know, proof of concept that you really have helped people. Affiliate is, is a successful way to get your course out there. Okay, so while you are getting this proof of concept, while you are building your email list and building these relationships with potential affiliates, you still can be making money. Like people go from active income straight to passive and they forget about what is in the middle. And that's what you're going to kind of help people with in the middle. While they're getting things ready to make passive income, they're going to be doing something else, which is called leveraged income. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to talk about this one, Christina. This sort of happened um, organically because as I was helping people put their online courses together, they were talking to me about, oh, I'm not ready for the technology part yet. Can How can we make this work? And it sort of came together that I helped people with this concept called leveraged income, which is basically a group program. Here's what's so cool about this. So many service-based entrepreneurs are skipping this step, and this is really where um, it's the faster path to cash than an online course. So let me explain how this works. So active income is you're working one-to-one with clients, and most people work one-to-one on a three-, six-, or 12-month basis. Um, you know, at, at some point you reach a capa- you reach the ceiling with how many people you can work with and how much money you can make. And that's why people skip to passive, which is the evergreen. It's the make money while you sleep. Like you're not actively involved with that particular revenue stream. Leveraged is the really great in-between because it's essentially what you're doing now with your one-to-one clients, except instead of working with just one client, you might be working with a small group of 10 clients. And think about this. You might work with those 10 clients over the course of say 10 weeks or three months and you might charge, I'm using a conservative number here, $9.97 per person. That's just under $10,000 within 10 weeks or three months' time. So my point is that's an additional revenue stream um, in addition to what you're doing with your one-to-one clients. So that's $10,000 extra to your bottom line that you wouldn't have had before. And the great thing, and I want to unpack this a little bit further with you, Christina, is you don't need all these fancy um, webinars. You don't need sales pages. You don't need the tech, the big stuff that tends to scare a lot of people with online courses. Love it. Okay. So what should somebody do? Say they are um, working with a lot of clients one-to-one, that's their business, and Mm -hmm. they want to go to passive but we just told them they're not ready yet. They need to be building their email list and building their proof of concept and that really their online brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the meantime, they want to try leveraged. They want to, instead of one-to-one, they want to do one-to-many. Where do they begin? 
So I would suggest one, you want to think about when you're working with your one-to-one clients, are you using a consistent process with each client? In other words, do you have, you know, a similar roadmap that you take each person through to get to the same result? I've seen way too many service-based entrepreneurs do sort of a customized plan for their one-to-one clients. So that's the first step is make sure that your process with one-to-one is somewhat consistent because that content, what you take them through, is going to be the content that you're going to use in your group program. And it sounds like we could probably repurpose that for an online course later. Yes, exactly. So the good thing about it is when you're working with a small group, the content that you teach, say one, two or three times will eventually become the passive course. And so, you're really testing it out in this leveraged exactly. model. Perfect. Yeah. You got to figure out, you know, what is it that people need? Where are they struggling? How can I make sure that this content is getting them into action and getting them results as quickly as possible? Okay. So step one, Yep. Use a consistent process. Exactly. Okay. So we have that down. And then what is next? So step two is the, the, the question I get a lot of with a lot of people who want to do leveraged is how do I get people in this program? The great thing about leveraged income is that you don't need a huge email list. You don't need a huge online presence because the way that you get people into this could be past clients. It could be referral based. It could be, you know, attending networking events. It could be speaking. It's a lot of the, you know, face-to-face connection where you're inviting people to work with you in a small, intimate group. Okay. I like it. And then how, let's use an example of, a leveraged program. Maybe you can use you you can use yourself or one of your clients. Give us an example um, of somebody in a certain industry or niche, and walk us through how this would work with step one and step two. So step one, um, I'll use a life coach as an example because I meet a lot of life coaches, Christina. And, um, so a lot of life coaches work with their clients for say six to 12 months. And so with this specific um, client, you know, he had refined his process uh, over the course of, he was at the two year point and he said, I'm really ready to take this to the next step. And so for him, we just get put together a brief outline of what a six month group program would look like. Now, the the length, Christina, can vary just depending on, you know, who you want to work with and what the outcome of the program is. I've seen them anywhere from 10 weeks to three months to six months. But for him, it was six months. And he wanted to enroll about 15 people. So after we and we we put together the content for this program really quickly. Like I've talked to people that have spent over a year working on content. I'm saying you don't need a lot of fancy, you know, content here because you're teaching it live. In essence, you're figuring out what the client needs as you're working through this program. And he was then able to basically go out and he had a he had a list of people on his social media. So he presented an offer um, on, on those forums. But a lot of it for him was talking to old clients, um, using a referral system. He um, even enrolled, I think, people through like a, a invite a friend. So it was a lot of these these tried and true marketing tactics that he used to get people into the program. And he just launched it. I think he's doing another launch in um, January. So this will be a second go round. Okay. So that leads me to my next question, which is, yeah. are these leveraged programs, are they launched based? There's a specific start time and end time, or can people just come in and go when they want? That would kind of disrupt the group, I would assume. 
I think so too, especially when you have, I, I think if you're just starting with leveraged income, you want to have a clear starting point and a clear end point. Because I think, you know, it, it makes it easier for you because it's new and you're you're trying to figure out, you know, how you want to teach these these clients. Um, but I also think it's nice for people to feel like there's a clear endpoint, there's a clear destination for them. And so most clients that I work with have a clear start and a clear end. So there is, I guess, a, an informal launch, if you will. Okay. So what if you try to do this? You try to launch, you have your clear start, and maybe you get like one, two, or three people in what is supposed to be a group program? Mm-hmm. You know what I would say, Christine? I would say do it. I've had some clients where the, the the problem is, you know, we tend to wait for things to be in the perfect condition. That is, we want 10 people so we can only do it when 10 people are in. But the most important thing is that you get the content out there. So if you have three people that are that want to per- participate with you, I say go through, treat it as a beta, figure out, um, how they're working with the content, figure out what results they're getting, because that's going to give you the opportunity to refine the content and get some really great testimonials and potential referrals. Okay. That is perfect. Okay. So after you get the people in the program, um, I'm assuming you kind of are always kind of dipping back into step one using a consistent process. Like you plan Mm -hmm. the process, but then depending on how people are responding to it and questions that come up through the program, you're always retweaking. Yeah. I think, I think the content is sort of a living thing, if you will. Um, I've taught many, many times and there's always slight tweaks. So I don't want to say that you have to start over from scratch and throw away all your content and begin um, fresh, but there's little tweaks that you want to make with um, how you explain things. Um, how you um, give people instructions to take action, right? Because the whole thing is we want results. So people need to take action. So is it clear? Is it, are these manageable tasks that you're giving them? Are they understanding the activities that you're, you're assigning them? So they're just these little slight tweaks that you're making all along so that by the time you've run the group program, say four or five times, you could easily put that into a passive offering because you have, you've run the content through a couple times. That makes sense. Okay, so people are in the program. We have our process. Maybe we're tweaking it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going through the program. Say it's six months. In the meantime, we're building our email list. We're building our online yes. brand um, because we do eventually want to go passive. What else are we doing? What is step three in this leveraged income model? I would say part of the delivery process, Christina, is the technology. This is usually like the boogeyman for people when they put an online course together. It's, it sort of terrifies them and they want to figure out how it works. So when you use leveraged, you do not necessarily need to have um, you know, a teaching platform per se. You don't necessarily need to have um, a webinar. You can literally bootstrap this group program by using a private Facebook group and Zoom. Like you could deliver the teaching content live and then you can sprinkle in over the course of the program a few live Q&A calls. So the point is that this is totally doable and and there's no uphill battle with the technology. Like you can just use some simple technology to get your content out there. Okay, perfect. So you're like baby steps, baby steps with the technology. Yes, yes. 
Um, and the, I guess the point is there that the technology shouldn't be the stopping point. Like I see a lot of people put the content together for their courses, but it never gets out there because they don't know how to use the technology. And so this like just brings it back to like, this is actually really doable and really easy. Okay, perfect. And I actually did an episode, a past episode with Heather Stafford, which awesome. Jessica, you know, and I do. she talks about tech and how it shouldn't scare you. It shouldn't frighten you and you're okay. So that's episode number 19. Um, if anybody listening wants to go back and check that out. Okay. So. And actually, can I add one point on that? Christina? Yes, please. Do. Okay. So when you are ready to integrate more technology and when you are ready for the passives, um, you know, launch of your course, I highly, highly recommend talking with someone who's an expert in this. It could be Heather Stafford. It could be someone that is just so familiar with um, CRMs, with teaching platforms, with how all of this is going to come together and support you and your business because they know how how this is going to um, come together. And as entrepreneurs, like we might know a little bit about it, but it's always, always beneficial to have an expert. Okay. Love it. And you don't want to be wasting your time doing that stuff that you're not good at because it'll take you like three hours when it takes somebody else 10 minutes to do. Exactly. I can't tell you, I know you've seen this as well, but anytime I go to a conference or I talk with other entrepreneurs, they're like, well, I need to go figure out how to make my own website. I'm like, why? No. Yeah. Bring in a professional that can help. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if you, and people always use the excuse of, Oh, well, I want to save money. Okay, well, how much would you make in three hours? Say you make a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like would you would you pay somebody a hundred bucks if it took them ten minutes to do it? I mean, it's just like it it just doesn't make sense. I don't think I said that right. Help me, Jessica. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, they, it's like what, yeah, whatever it would take you to do it, it takes you three hours to do something that takes ten minutes. Would you and you're a hundred bucks an hour, say, like it just, it's a waste of your time. Like stay with what you know, invest exactly. a little bit, spend money on somebody who can do it. And you have that weight off your shoulders. You know, it's done correctly and you can focus on what actually makes you money instead exactly. of wasting your time trying to save money. Yeah. Trying to do everything in your business. It's just not a money generating activity for you. So know where you you excel and know what you do well, and then bring in professionals that can help with the other pieces. Yeah, and clearly math is not my strong suit. But there is <laughs> I was an I was an English teacher too, I get it. <laughs> there is some kind of saying where we talk about numbers and math and it makes perfect sense on why you shouldn't waste time doing what you're not good at and what you don't know exactly. how to do. That is why I don't waste time with math and we're moving on. <laughs> okay. Any last steps? I mean, what happens when this is all said and done? The program's done, we learned some things, everybody's happy. Like what what comes next? With a le- after a leveraged program? Yeah, like say the six-month program is done. It was great. Everybody's happy. Maybe two or three people are in it. Like then yep. what? Well, from there, you want to be thinking about, okay, I need to do this again, right? You want to do this leveraged group program a few times. Um, so after the first go-around where you've had a small group and you really kind of test out how all the content works, you definitely want to get some testimonials. Um, you want to start thinking about how you're going to enroll people for the next go-around. So with even those two to three people, tell them you're going to do another um, group program. They're your best advocate. They've just gone through this process. They can speak about you better than you can about yourself in some ways. So think about ways that they can assist you in enrolling other people. And so again, it's you don't need anything fancy in terms of a huge email list. Now again, you're constantly building that. My point is that there's um, 
really easy ways to get people into the next go round. Okay. I like it. And that's really good because then people, I feel like a lot of people are lurkers too. So there's lots of people who are lurking around and they're seeing this group program and maybe they're not going to act until, you know, it is an online course or, you know, your second or third go around with it. Okay. Yeah. I like it. And then when do you decide to actually pull the trigger on the online course? And are you doing the leveraged, the, the leveraged income model? Are you doing the group program at the same time as the online course as well? You know, Christina, I suppose you could do them both at the same time. But to, to answer your first question, when are you ready to, to put this online? Well, I think you first want to make sure that you've been actively building your email list, your online presence, all while you've been running these group programs. So I think realistically for many people, you could run a, core, a group program, you know, four or five times, and then you have the, the content really cleaned up. And you now have a bigger online presence than you did before. And so then it's time for you to explore, okay, how can I put this, you know, online? Okay, perfect. So the point I'm saying is, Christina, uh, passive income isn't years away. But there's a really awesome go-between before you get to that stage that's going to just generate more money for you. And I'll be honest, people are wanting that face-to-face or that that touch with a teacher or someone who's in charge of a program. They want someone to tell them what they need to do, how they're doing. They want that connection that um, I think an online course can have and and sometimes doesn't have. And that's why Leverage is such an awesome solution. I love it. Okay. So people are doing something while they're building their presence, building their Mm -hmm. email list to do passive income. But it's also important, and I want you to kind of leave us with maybe some tips, tricks, and strategies on actually creating the content because so many people, they want these group programs. Well, now they do after listening to you. They want the group program. And the group program is essentially going to be a proven model with success stories that is going to turn into an online course. But when it comes to starting to create the content, people are just doing what they think they're supposed to do, but they really have no clue because they don't know how people learn best Mm -hmm. and how to actually put the content together. And you don't want to spend a lot of time because people spend a lot of time. They love creating content. They spend a lot of time creating content and they think it's going to work, but they're one person. So what can people do to ensure they're not creating like shit and they're (laughs) actually creating stuff that people are excited to consume and are going to benefit from? Because this is really where your expertise is. Yes, I love I love how you just bottom line it like that, Christina. Um, you know, you just gotta yeah. say, it, say it like it is. You do, you do. So the, <laughs> I guess the, the biggest the biggest thing that I say to all of my clients and people who are wanting to build content is to start out. You have to think backwards. You start with the end in mind. What that means is you want to think um, first. What what is the ideal person, or who is that ideal person that I'm wanting to teach? What are they experiencing in terms of pain and problem from their perspective? You really need to get intimate with that because that's going to inform um, what your program's all about. Like you said, Christina, we often think we know what's best for them, but they're going to tell us. So first figure out what is that pain and problem that they're experiencing. And then from there, that's going to inform your program topic. And when you figure out the topic, you want to start at the end. That is, what is the outcome of this program? I like that. This is when baby steps come into play. 
um, I gave someone the analogy one time of, you know, most of the time our clients are at, are at a kindergarten level and we're at like the college level in terms of expertise and experience. And we tend to take people from like kindergarten to like college calculus. And so that's when people get like overwhelmed and they, they stop taking the program. And so what I say is, you know, if our clients at kindergarten, the kindergarten level, and we know the pain and problem they're experiencing, let's just take them to the first grade. Okay. Right. I like it. So what I mean by that is you want to think, what is something reasonable for someone that's at a pretty much a beginner level? What's reasonable for them to complete in, say, three months or six months? And do you find that people have a problem dumbing it down just because they don't understand how much they know just because it's like second nature to them? Yeah, I've heard people call it the expert's curse. We just were, we have have such a level of expertise and familiarity with the topic and content that we forget what it's like to be at the very beginning level. And so that's why I say, you know, think about who that, who's taking this. We really need to always keep that in mind. And the second thing is what is reasonable for a person at that level to achieve in say 10 weeks or three months. Right. And notice I use the word achieve. This isn't, you're not, te- you're not lecturing them, right? We're not throwing an encyclopedia at them. It's got to be actions. So what are some reasonable actions that people can take to achieve an ultimate outcome from your program? Okay. I like that a lot because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it, it's just educational and it's like, this is great. I learned a lot, but I'm not going to see the outcome if I don't actually right. act on it. So you need somebody to tell you specifically what to do. And then before we go, I want to touch on one more thing. Yeah. Um, because I used to think that if there was just a little bit of stuff in the program, it wasn't good. I wanted stuff. I wanted some stuff with like a whole bunch of stuff, make sure that I was getting a lot, you know, cause I was mm-hmm. paying a lot. I wanted to get a lot. And now I'm like, I just want what I need and I want it in the quickest, fastest way possible. And yes. I almost want these programs to be shorter and more concise and just be full of exactly what I need. And when, again, years ago, I think a mistake that I made when I created my first course was I just wanted to put all this stuff in it and make sure I covered every little nook and cranny when it just wasn't necessary. And same with me buying them. I wanted to know exactly what was in them because I wanted all mm-hmm. the things. And now it's like, no, I want it short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, I think we're all so busy. You know, we're all business owners. We have a lot on our plate. So we just want, like, how can you get rid of this problem that I'm experiencing? And it's funny you say that, Christina, because I was talking with someone – um, a couple months ago, I was helping her outline the content for her program. And she, I could hear her voice. She's getting really frustrated. She's like, I just don't feel like there's a lot of value in this program. And I said, well, what do you mean? She's like, there's like no information in it. And I said, yeah, but think about it. You're giving people some realistic steps that they can, action steps they can take so they can actually make more money in their business. They don't need, you know, they don't need a college MBA. They just need you to get them, you know, from point A to point B in the fastest way possible. So I think people perceive, course creators perceive value as like, let me throw a lot of information at you, whereas our consumers do not feel that way. I love that. And three episodes ago, I talked to Azul who did a TEDx talk and it was about what makes a a good teacher great. Mm -hmm. And in his talk, he talked about like in a lot of schools – Um, they teach you how to ride a bike and they'll draw a picture of a bike and they'll label all the parts of the bike. And then you'll learn (laughs) about the history of the bike and where it came from. And if you can answer all of those questions, you know, all about that, 
then you know how to ride a bike. But in reality, you just need to get on the damn thing and ride it. And that's yes. how you learn. Yes. It's yeah. Thing. It's the same thing. Love it. Jessica, anything else you want to add that maybe we haven't touched on? I mean, I know we could go on for hours and hours and hours, but we have things to do. So <laughs> anything do. else that you want to add that we should have discussed before we say goodbye? You know, I think with either with leveraged or with passive income, you know, we, we touched on a point where you really want to always have, you know, a, a group of professionals that you can reach out to because the truth is you can't do it all on your own. And I think that's the the curse I see a lot of entrepreneurs bear is that they f- feel like they need to do everything. And that's what get, it takes them so much longer to get their content out there because they're trying to do it all. And so I would say when you're ready for leverage and then when you're ready for passive, make sure you have a network of professionals that can support you. I love it. Where can people find you to find out more about you and what you do and how you can help? Um, I'm on Facebook, um, Jessica Terzakis. I, I think you're going to put my last name in your notes, right? Yeah, you guys, it's like a doozy. <laughs> it's a Greek, it's a Greek last name. I think it's the Z. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can um, find me on Facebook. Um, my website is terzakisandassociates.com. That will be and, in the show notes, people. Don't wor- don't worry. Yeah, and I'd also love to share with you guys. Um, I created basically my master outline. It is my formula that I take all my clients through with how to put their um, their online course together. But the great thing is, this is going to help you with the content for your leveraged program as well. Love it. So I'll share that link with you, Christina, and um, I'd love for you guys to take advantage of that. Awesome. What is that link? Um, it is terzakisandassociates.com slash create course. Slash create course. Okay. That will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been like Thank you, Christina. super informative. And I hope people are listening to this at the right time in their business where they're ready. They think they're ready to go to passive and you just like slowed their role and set them <laughs> straight and they're going to be a lot more profitable and yes. a lot more successful after hearing this interview. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. I love, love, love everything that you said in this interview. I think it is something that many people, especially people who are thinking about getting into online business, who are dabbling in it, who are currently in it, need to hear. If you have not yet, then please subscribe to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Leave me a rating and a review. It helps me out a lot. And I'm super excited because next week, it's like a great transition, right? We talked about the mindset a little bit of people buying and selling online courses. And next week, we are talking to a doctor who makes mindset stuff so relatable and for me, so much fun because she doesn't go woo. I'm not a very big woo person. I am more like, I like facts. I like science. I like data. And she's actually going to talk about how the brain works and how mindset makes a big difference in your business. So that is next week. Make sure you don't miss it by subscribing to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thanks for being here.